Welcome back to Scott's Thoughts. I'm happy you're joining me here for episode 5 of this fine podcast. That means you haven't given up on me, and I do appreciate that. This week we have a great interview, as I was able to have Chris Grenham on of Forbes. He is their Celtics writer. Um, he is about to, you know, get back to going busy because, hey, basketball's almost back, and we can all be excited. So most of this conversation was talking about, you know, the Celtics, uh, the return of the NBA, what's going to happen, the exciting storylines when the league does come back from inside the bubble, and uh, how Chris got into journalism as a whole, because I think his story is very interesting, and it's something that a lot of people should hear, because his background is a little different from like a background like mine, where I'm. this is my one goal. Like He, he started one way, and he managed to clearly do well for himself as he's working at Forbes as a Celtics writer, and it was a really good talk, and it was one of my favorite interviews to date, so I absolutely hope you enjoy it like I did, and I will talk to you after this, so without further ado, me and Chris on the podcast, enjoy. I'm here with uh, Celtics writer from Forbes Sports, Chris Grenham. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Scott, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. I'm using all of my uh, connections that I made at Nesson to the best of my ability. Hey, run them dry. That's the way to do it. And when basketball was coming back, I was like, there's no other choice here. There's only (laughs) one other guy. There's only one guy. Thank God basketball is coming back because I was – I was falling into a depression there for a little bit. And the last time I talked to you was at the Celtics Clippers game. That's right. And that game was great. Which was a treat. (laughs) That was an absolute treat. That was, I think that was the best game of the year up until the season was suspended. Yeah. That was, that was right before shit hit the wall. Right before everything (laughs) hit the fan. Yeah. Right before everything hit the fan. And I mean, that's right when the Celtics were really proving they could hang with everyone. So that was Uh a tremendous game to, to be a part of. Yeah. Jason Tatum's rise is still my favorite story. Yeah, and I I mean, his every now and then during quarantine, I'd be bored. Wow, I got nothing to do, no games to watch. All right, let's just go dive into Jason Tatum numbers. I'll just go I bury myself that. in my <laughs> laptop and try and find some, some other ridiculous numbers. But, yeah, his, his rise specifically after the new year was just yeah. insane. It was impressive. It was impressive. So we talked about how everything just uh, hit the fan. Um, how has quarantine treated you without basketball? I can only imagine. I mean, it's weird. It's weird. From a work perspective, it 
was really difficult because a the security concerns come up because you don't know you know there's not as much stuff to write about from a right. as from a simple standpoint there's not a lot to write about and a lot of people were getting furloughed losing their jobs and so there were those concerns and then from a purely selfish standpoint it was i'm so bored <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have nothing to do i have no basketball to watch i watched basically every nba finals game from like 2000 up until last year <laughs> i it was There's some good was, finals in there though there were some great finals in there but it was it was sickening uh, at times my girlfriend <laughs> did not like me because i was watching old basketball games She's like, why do you care about this but but you know it was it was interesting from the work perspective because it gave everyone a chance to kind of dig into some odd storylines you might yeah. not really think of um because there's nothing going on so you don't really have a choice and so um right when it started i was did a story on romeo langford and talked to a lot of people from his hometown and just dove into his high school program and some of his high school teachers and that sort of thing which i thought was pretty cool writing about kemba kemba walker and grant williams their personal chef like stuff like that so that stuff you normally don't get the chance to do during the regular season because those stories take a little more time and so that was, that was enjoyable. So that's definitely a benefit if you want to look for one of those. Yeah. Um, I love Romeo. So yeah, I, I actually great. read that. He's great. I, I appreciate it. Romeo is great. Big hopes for him. I think, I think he has done a really good job of kind of embracing his role. Yeah. Cause he's a guy who coming out of high school was this prized recruit. He was staying in his home state. So when he was going to play at Indiana, he was like a star and, Everyone expected him to be a one and done and he got hurt at Indiana. He was still expected to be a one and done, but he wasn't as like flashy and dominant at Indiana as he right. was. Um, but still he was the guy there. And so then he gets drafted. He's still a lottery pick, but he comes in and somehow in Boston, he is completely forgotten about. People are looking yeah. at Carson Edwards. People are looking at Grant Williams. People are obsessed with taco fall and no one's talking about the lottery pick. <laughs> and and he's also sitting at the end of the bench with all those guys. So for him to be able to kind of embrace the bench role and be ready, even after going into the G League, be ready to step into the rotation towards the end of the season was impressive. So I think he's I think he's got a really high ceiling. I, I like where he's headed. I really I like that you brought up Grant. I do I I love watching him play, but yeah. I also love Romeo. And I know you're a big Tremont Waters guy too. I'm a big Tremont Waters guy. <laughs> I yeah you know I talked about him enough when we were at Nesson together. He Tremont Waters is a guy where I'm convinced if he was two inches taller, he would be an early first round pick because he's the smart. He's one of the smartest rookies in that class. He's one of the smartest younger guys on the Celtics roster. I mean, I went up to Maine to watch the Red Claws play so many times this year solely because <laughs> of him, because I just wanted to go watch him and have an excuse to write a story about him because he's so good. He has a ball on a string and everyone you talk to in the Celtics organization is in love with what he does and how he approaches the game. And especially considering his circumstances, he loses his dad in yeah. summer league, you know, almost a year ago this week. Um, and he still manages to keep his head down and kind of bury through. He's a late second rounder. He takes him, you know, into the summer to pick up that two way deal. And so it wasn't even certain he was going to be on a roster when he got drafted. So he's dealt with a lot in his first year and it's been really, really impressive. So I'm 
You know I'm all about Tremont. We could do a whole podcast <laughs> on Waters if you want. I know, just it. just call it Tremont Waters. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how many people would love that. Maybe Tremont would, but probably probably me and Tremont. But that's probably <laughs> it. that's probably it. Yeah, I'm okay uh, with that. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go back to you in this conversation. As much yeah. as I do love talking about Tremont Waters, um, <laughs> uh, so you had a different uh, different path to journalism uh, from most stories I hear. I mean, yeah. you, you've told me, Mike. Can you touch upon that and how? Yeah. So it wasn't, um, you know, the most common route. I was at Providence College and I uh, went there as a declared finance major. So I was on the business side of things. My cousin was a sports writer at the time for Sports Illustrated. So, you know, I had kind of dabbled with sports writing. I, I knew I enjoyed it um, just from, I don't know, you know, English classes in high school and that sort of thing. But my sophomore year, I declared a writing minor and I started taking a couple journalism courses. And that's when I kind of started, you know, thinking, well, maybe I could, I could pursue this angle because, yeah, I do enjoy the finance edge of it, but I think I like sports writing more and I think I'd rather do something that I enjoy. Um, and so that's kind of where it took off. I started taking all these journalism courses alongside my business classes and I started working part-time for SB Nation while I was at Providence and I was covering the Big East Conference, uh, which is obviously what Providence plays in. And so that was great. It gave me some experience covering the games. I kind of acted as it was a Big East site and they had writers for each individual team. And I kind of acted as, you know, the on-site beat writer per se, um, just without a paycheck. I was just doing it to kind of get reps. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I really got my experience. When I got out of college, I was still doing that part-time. I picked up a couple other roles for SB Nation to a point where it was close-ish where I could do it full-time, but it was still like, ah, you know, I don't know if I could do this. I got to pay rent in Boston. So I went and I got a sales job and I was working in sales for a couple months and God, I hated it. It was terrible. <laughs> and it was also really hard because I would be working these long days in the office and then I would go home and I'd be up writing for SB Nation on various sites until, I don't know, one or two o'clock in the morning that I have to wake up at 7 a.m. and go to work the next day. And so it was brutal. So after a while, I was like, all right, I got to pick a path here because I'm, I'm going insane. <laughs> um, so every day I was just blasting out emails to people at SB Nation to people, anyone who could possibly be willing to give me money to write <laughs> about basketball, I wanted to be on their radar. And so I got in touch with a lot of people. I was fortunate where I'd made a decent amount of connections at SB Nation, um, you know, while I was at Providence and they were expanding their budget a little bit at the time. And so I was able to get in with a couple of their NBA sites and patch together enough where I was able to make it a full-time thing. And so I left sales, thank God. And I started covering the Celtics. I was also covering remotely the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were short of people who were covering them. And so I was covering the Thunder who were tremendously disappointing with Carmelo Anthony. So that was <laughs> an interesting team to cover from afar. Uh, but that's really how I got into it. And then, you know, I ended up doing a lot of things for CLNS Media and covering the Celtics and going to games. And, and basically between Celtics blog and CLNS media, I was filling the role of a beat writer for them where I was at every game, every practice. Um, and it was a great experience. I, you know, I met a lot of great people along the way and then I landed at Nesson and, uh, and now I'm at Forbes. So it's just kind of the, the bounce around effect of the industry, but it was a, you know, an interesting way to get, get to where I am right now. Yeah. I love that story strictly yeah. because like, I remember when you first told me that you were in finance, I was like, 
Now you're nothing. Everyone always says. Everyone always says. So you're a finance major, and you're in journalism. Like why did yeah. you voluntarily <laughs> took that pay cut? What the hell? <laughs> and I'm always a firm believer, and I would rather do something that I really do enjoy and make yeah. less money. Um, at least right now, probably going to be different down the road when I have yeah. kids or a family, that sort of thing. But right now I'm in a position where I, I'm able to do that. So. It's just, it's so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Like, question. like when you go to work, you get to talk about the Celtics. Like, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, it's enjoyable. And, and it's fun to know that, like to say, like, yeah, I got to go to work. Yeah. But you're probably, you know, yeah, there are shoot arounds and practices and stuff that you don't want to go to because you're tired or, Right. It's snowing outside. You don't want to drive the hour back center or something like that, but it's totally worth it. Like it, yeah. it's, it's really, really enjoyable. And you get to meet a lot of great people, not even the, obviously the players and stuff. That's great. But the people who are around the team, the employees of the Celtics and also the other beat writers and the other reporters are, are great. So it's, it's fun to make that web of connections. Yeah. Those bad days aren't as bad when you, exactly a bad when day. You, when you bad, get there. Yeah. A bad day in a cubicle is, is much worse than a bad day at the hour back oh, center yeah. at TD garden. I would oh, definitely yeah. agree with that. So after you explained to me how you got here, which is again, phenomenal. <laughs> um, I want to ask you the most simple question. I'm going to ask you this entire uh, show. And that is what are your feelings about the return of the NBA? Oh, see the, the simple questions are always the most difficult to answer. Cause that is such a loaded, <laughs> que- that's such a loaded question because there are so many, like, it's hard because realistically a grand scheme of things, it is hard to prioritize basketball and sports when, you know, there's a, there's a pandemic out right. the window. So, you know, there was plenty of thoughts initially in my mind were saying, well, maybe we shouldn't really prioritize sports. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in the fact that sports are sports are important in society. I know a lot of people will turn away from that and be like, that's ridiculous. There's more important things. And I, there are, I know that, but, we were and still are in kind of a dark period right now in our country and things like sports do bring people together. I've, I've always felt that way. And so I do think it's important from that perspective, from a strictly basketball standpoint, the bubble concept is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Shout out Keith Smith for really introducing this to the world. Uh, He's down there in his own bubble in Orlando and he really started this idea. And I think it's, I think it's brilliant from a business standpoint because you're on private property. You can control who comes in and out. And it's far more secure, in my opinion, than any of the other sports. I mean, MLS is down there too. So they've got the same yep. setup, but it really is perfect. I know there was a lot of discussion about going to Vegas. I mean, how the hell are you going to keep <laughs> NBA players quarantined in hotels in Las Vegas? That would have gone south so quickly. Yeah. So I think uh, planning wise and from a business standpoint, it's, it's a pretty great idea. Um, there was a lot of people I felt like that were kind of killing the NBA through this whole process saying, you know, they just want their money. They're bringing the players back, you know, basically against their will. This is BS. And I do understand there are plenty of players who were against this. There were also plenty of players who were for it. Um, For people to say that is, is kind of blind to the situation from early April, there were daily calls between Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts, you know, probably minute to minute as this thing was changing so it's not like the players weren't involved in this process either. So from that perspective, I, I, don't, really, I don't really think much of that. I, I think the players had their ability to kind of throw up their red flag on that. Some of them did, and the majority didn't, because they were well aware that if this didn't happen, 
it put next season in jeopardy because the owners could have easily torn up that CBA. And realistically, I think that was the biggest thing. Um, getting this season in was so massive for, you know, a longevity standpoint, from a longevity standpoint, that it was very necessary. But I'm, I'm fascinated, and I need the bubble content to keep coming because I do enjoy watching these guys, like, playing ping pong and riding bikes and just doing, like, ridiculous things because they're basically at a giant AAU tournament. So I, I think that's my, awesome. I think my favorite thing is when Shams is, like, sources from the bubble. Yeah, like, I saw source, that the other day. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> sources from the bubble. It's amazing. It's really amazing. And, like, where else – in what other situation – tell tell me this. This time last year, I'm telling you that Rashawn Holmes is getting in trouble <laughs> because he stepped over the Disney World campus line to pick up a food delivery, and now he has to sit in his hotel room by himself for eight days. Like, oh, it's you would You would look at me like I was insane, but that's the reality we're living in now, and it really has created some tremendous content. So I mean, I, I think the way they have done it, like you said, compared to the uh, – I mean, the NHL is doing hub cities too. They're doing two hub mm. cities, but yeah. I always and they're in Canada, and yeah. Canadians have handled the situation so right. much better than yeah. Americans. So I have faith in the yeah. NHL I've, system as well. I've always been, I've been very confident that the NBA was going to be the league back. Yeah, like, I, I never had a doubt in my mind. Out of yeah. all the big four, mm-hmm. I was like, they're going to come back because, like, the Disney rumors were around for months, and then yeah. they finally pulled the trigger. And I was like, there's not a better place to go. Yeah, like to keep all players in one spot. Cause I also, I, I also think the, the NBA more so than other leagues has a good relationship, a better relationship, I should say from the ownership perspective to the players, that connection yeah. and understanding between the two parties is definitely more so than in other sports. Like well, baseball, you saw, <laughs> you saw the separation. It was like, it, it was absurd watching the players try to interact with these ownership groups. It was, it was horrible. So I, I mean, think I was, that also, helped and, and made a lot of people think that same thing where they were confident in the NBA more than other leagues. I mean, I was ready to fight someone daily when it came to the MLB. <laughs> I don't think you, I don't think you were alone but at all. I was squaring up, but I was like, Oh, this is so bad. I just hey, want it back. I'm just happy that they're, that they're practicing and, and on their way back because there was a real couple of days there where I was convinced baseball was cooked. Yeah. I was like this, there's no way this is coming back. So I'm happy. Some, some players are wearing masks, which I, I feel like, out of all the sports you're playing, that's the easiest one to wear a mask. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, we get into that topic. Football, I, you can't really no. – like Jonathan Jones tweeted today, you can't social distance in football. <laughs> and he's right. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. But I have no hope there. Yeah, but yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers I mean, crossed is right. All right. Um, so – as you, as I said at the beginning of the show, you cover the Celtics, and they're kind of a big deal when it comes to the NBA <laughs> nowadays. Not gonna, not gonna lie. So, how do you believe their chances are now compared to before the break? Because yeah, it's it's interesting because that is like, a weird dynamic. You don't yeah. really know how guys are going to come back. It's it is beneficial because they have their full team. There's a lot of teams where whether it's injury stuff, whether it's family stuff, whether it's health, you know it. It, there's a variety of reasons why guys aren't coming back. The Celtics were fortunate where no one dropped out and they've got their full team. So check that box. That's a positive. Another good thing is that it seems like for the most part, none of their players were sitting around, you know, ordering food all day and doing nothing. Right. And I mean, there were a lot of video games played. We could tell through social media, but, <laughs> but they were staying in shape. And so it looks to me like 
you know, no one, I, I know a couple of days ago on one of the Zoom press conferences, which is another weird phrase that we all have to get used <laughs> to, um, there were questions asked about how do guys look? Are they in shape? Are you in shape? What's the deal? And, and all the players, you know, across the board were saying, yeah, guys came back in basically the same shape. We, for the most part, picked up right where we left off. So I think they're confident in that regard. Um, it really depends on where they land. I mean, there's a, if there's a situation where they get the Sixers in the first round and they get the Bucks in the second round, that's, that's terrible. Like running through there's, I don't think, I don't think they can do, I don't think they can make it through that, but they get the Pacers in the first round with or without Victor Oladipo. I don't think they have a problem with Indiana. And then maybe they get Toronto in the second round. They could be Toronto in a seven game series. So it, I'm confident in their ability to at least make it, you know, second round, maybe Eastern conference finals, but it all depends on their matchups. I just do like the way they've entered this from a, from a mental standpoint, the way it seems like they're all approaching it, I think is better than a lot of teams mm-hmm. and they're tight. They're a tight knit group. We, that's why, you know, people like you kind of fell back in love with the Celtics yeah. after falling out of love with the Kyrie Irving Celtics. And I think that happened with a lot of fans this year. This was a really lovable group for a lot of fans. Um, I, I'm not a Celtics fan. I'm a, it's a shameful thing, but I'm a, I'm a Washington Wizards fan. And so being able to kind of cover the team while watching the fan reactions as a non-fan, right. I thought was beneficial because I could tell the difference from two years ago as compared to this year. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah. And so the fact that they're tight really helps because they stay in touch over the three month layoff. They come back and they're ready to go to war with each other where, and you have these other teams like the Jazz where Gobert and Mitchell probably aren't even talking to each other in the locker room. So, you know, I think chemistry is going to go a long way because they're also living together right now. They're basically in college dorms together. Yeah. So I think that's going to go a long way. And I think more so than a lot of teams, they have that working working in their favor for sure. Yeah, I feel like everything I've seen either on Twitter or social media as a whole has been like, more confidence in the Celtics than beforehand. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, as Jason Tatum was getting better and better, yeah. the confidence was high. But right. I feel like as soon as they've come back, they're like, yeah, they're one of the big four that have a chance. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because you look at a team like the Lakers who lose a guy like Avery Bradley. They, you know, they they lose some players. And then it, it's they have stayed where they are and then they're just ready to jump right back in. Like, I think it was Grant Williams or Kemba the other day said, they're, like I said before, they're ready to pick up right where they left off. There's not a lot of teams that have said that. You know, you've got the Rockets who have guys who are, you know, have tested positive and they're waiting for them to come down to the bubble. The Nuggets are still waiting on Jokic. He just got there today. So those teams are all working from behind. The Celtics are able to step right in and work. So I think that's, I think that's huge. I think that's a, I think that's a big advantage. Yeah. Um, for sure. And I, as a Celtics fan, you're not one. I'm happy with that. Like, <laughs> you should be. You take you the advantage. Be. I, am, I am absurdly jealous of you because I get to watch my Wizards probably go 0-8 without Bradley Beal, without Davis Berton, Davis Bertans, and uh, it's going to be miserable. If Logan if Logan Mullen from Nesson is listening to this, he knows, <laughs> he knows I'm a big Thomas Bryant fan. So I'm hoping Thomas Bryant goes out there, averages a double-double, Every game while the Wizards lose by 35 every game. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> That's such a sad confidence level. But, hey, we had it's that a few sad years place ago. to be. It's a sad place to be. There's a reason we have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Well, that's the Nets. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> see, you can try and you can try and play that card, but it's never really as bad as the Wizards. You oh, can yeah. always say that. 
it's never as bad hey, the, as the Wizards. The, the teams that have Jeff Green as the best players were tough. And that was those, tough. Yes, that was a tough that's age. Fair. That's fair. That's but bad. yeah, yeah, it's not Wizards bad. That's <laughs> especially never. without Bradley Beal. It's the only the only people I feel bad for are Knicks fans. Other than that, you can't get much lower than the Wizards, in my opinion. I mean, the Nets are made up of like five, fifteen free agents. <laughs> they're going to be hilarious to watch. If I was a Nets fan, I'd be thinking, well, I can watch Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley. Oh, I'm amped for that. <laughs> yeah, except Beasley apparently tested positive for coronavirus today, so his oh. signing is up for grabs. He might not even make it down there. So devastating. I've always loved Michael Beasley for I no had, good uh, reason. That was one of the first jerseys I ever bought. I bought a Miami Heat Michael Beasley jersey. Yes. It's still sitting in my childhood home in that's, Connecticut. So I, lo- I loved him. So that's a great. That's a great purchase. Yeah, he was a bucket. He was a walking bucket. All right, so we talked about the Celtics, of course, which, I mean, I'm very confident in. I don't know if they're going to go all the way, uh, but this is a question that I feel like it bring up some good conversation here. Uh, is there any team or player you're excited to see in the return uh, yeah, for the NBA? Well, I mean, the Bucks are the team that I like watching the most, and it's basically because of Giannis. So, so that is kind of like – just you know that's a gen that's a general statement that i think a lot of nba fans yeah. and the nba media would say the team i'm most interested to watch i think from the eastern conference standpoint because i'm a little more embedded in the east just because of my coverage is is probably the sixers they're going to be healthy coming back and they had such high expectations coming into this season and they just kind of fell flat i mean it was it was fine but did you expect them at that point in the season to be the sixth seed like there's no way going in I think they were just short of 40 wins I think um but they had their injury problems they had their I guess you could say locker room problems there was a lot of murmurs going on I think it was far more serious than the Clippers rumors that were happening out in LA and so I'm very curious to see what a healthy Sixers team looks like I still think there's a lot of headbutting in that locker room whether Embiid's the guy whether Simmons the guy but having a healthy Ben Simmons is huge. I mean, losing him, losing him was, he, he cannot shoot. <laughs> and he also can't throw fish into water, but, yeah, uh, they're, but they're, but they're going to be a fascinating team to watch from a health perspective. Cause they were just a mess all year long. And I, I still think they will be a mess um, because I'm just not really a Sixers believer, but if the Celtics get a matchup with them, they're in trouble from a sheer size perspective because they're yeah. so big. They run their starting lineup. Their size alone will beat the Celtics. It's, it's, it's difficult. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that, that's the team I'm most interested to see just because they're going to be healthy. What about, uh, what about Zion? I mean, yeah, Zion. I mean, <laughs> I, I do – my favorite part – I should have said this to one of your earlier questions. My favorite part about the NBA bubble is how shameless – the league has been with basically saying we need to get Zion in the playoffs. So we're going to throw almost every Western conference team there. We'll throw the wizards a bone. And then, so it looks like we're going to, you know, they can't just put eight teams from the Eastern conference, which really would have been the sound thing to do. They can't do that. So I do commend the NBA for being so shameless and also being aware of their audience because no one's going to call them on it. They're going to say, yeah, they want Zion in. And so do we, so let's do it. Let's get him in the playoffs. And, I'm pretty sure he's the opening night game against the Jazz on that Thursday night, okay. uh, July July 30th. So that'll be great. We could see Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert fight at center court while Zion <laughs> while Zion comes back. Uh, it looks like he cut down on like a bunch of weight in during the quarantine, which is huge because there was conditioning concerns uh, during the season. But I think 
he's the guy to watch across the league, obviously. So is Ja Morant because they're still chasing Ja and the Grizzlies. Uh, but, I mean, it just sets up so perfectly. The, the Pelicans have the easiest schedule. They're going to – I don't know. I could really see them grabbing that eight seed. I would love it. I'm rooting for it. I know there's a lot of people kind of complaining about the Pelicans having the top – or having the easiest schedule. But when the season was suspended, they did have the easiest schedule for the remainder of the season across the NBA. So, it's kind of fair. That's just sort of the way it goes. But let's get Zion in the playoffs. I'm all in. I want him versus the Lakers so bad. That would be electric. Because like I think that Pelicans team is very talented. Like they're they're more talented than their record shows. No, I totally agree. Because there there's a lot of young guys on that team that are still very raw. I mean, Brandon Ingram is still coming into himself. He's had a tremendous season, and I'm pretty sure he'll be able to pick right up where he left off. He put on a bunch of muscle during the quarantine. Apparently, sounds like JJ Redick is in great shape. He said he's in the best shape he's been in in a long time because he was just running a ton during quarantine. I mean, if they can really mesh well, their talent is up there with just about anyone um, in the league. And so, yeah, I totally agree. I think they're, I think they're equally as fun as any team to watch in the league. It's it for me, it's between them and the, and the trailblazers. Yeah. you like, you, you like that backcourt. Yeah. I, I mean, D Lil's probably my favorite player. So yeah, he's like, he's unbelievable. To watch. I just love watching him. I mean, he's, he was a guy that I feel like people still doubt to this day for some reason. Yeah. Like I saw Russell Westbrook complaining about someone saying Lillard was better than him. And I was like, well, he is. So Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard is a tremendous player who I agree gets overlooked. I'm not sure if it's because he's with a small market team. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's just because he, I don't really know if he's from Weber state. Like maybe it's because he didn't come out of a big college. He wasn't as known in college. I, I don't know, but he is the epitome of a bucket. Like he, yeah. he can score, he can score with anyone, and he can facilitate with anyone. And it's not easy to share a backcourt with another guy like CJ McCollum who needs the ball in his hand. And he does a really good job, kind of similar to John Wall and Bradley Beal before Wall got hurt, where they were able to share the backcourt pretty effectively, which is not easy to do at all because you got to give up some usage. Um, but Damian Lillard's awesome. I, I just really wish they hadn't picked up Hassan Whiteside because. God, I can't stand watching him play. I, he's just a, he's he's really his basketball IQ is as low as any in the NBA. Um, but they got Mello. But they got Mello, and Mello has been a good pickup yeah. for them. He's been effective, and he's been he's been solid. So I agree. The Blazers are another team that people aren't really paying attention to because they see those non-playoff teams in the West that yeah. got invited to Orlando, and they see Zion, and they see Zion, and they see Zion. So they don't see anyone else, but. Sorry's a big him. dude. It's hard tough to hard miss. To miss, him. Hard to miss him. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, so I want to ask you the big question because we we've talked about all these teams and like yeah. we, I mean we haven't went in on the like the Lakers or Clippers yet, so this really presents that chance. Sure? Um who do you believe will represent the East and West? So the West, we'll start with the Lakers and the Clippers because those are obviously the two top dogs. Um I mean, who knows? Maybe the Nuggets could make a run at them if Skinny Jokic is actually all Nuggets fans have chalked him up to be. I don't know if that's the case. I don't think the Jazz are in any shape at all from a friendship standpoint to make a run. (laughs) So I don't really have them atop my Western Conference. I think it's going to come down to – it's going to come down to the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, I was a big – Clippers supporter during the season. I know a lot of people were against them in terms of representing the West. They didn't think they could make it past the Lakers. Losing Avery Bradley for the Lakers is is pretty massive. Um, I'm Wait not, a minute. 
Are you trying to tell me J.R. Smith isn't a reasonable replacement? I am, I am trying to tell you that J.R. Smith might not be the greatest replacement in the world. <laughs> I totally, totally respect him for remaining good friends with LeBron so he can get back on a payroll. That is brilliant, that is brilliant and a total, total business decision, so I, I respect the hell out of that. But I don't really know if their replacements are going to be able to – Hold up. I, the real question for me with the Clippers is if Lou Williams can turn into a playoff guy. He has been a notoriously underperforming guard in the playoffs in the past. He's a regular season guy, and that's why he doesn't get as much love as a lot of people think he deserves. Obviously, he can score with anyone on the planet, but he just hasn't really shown up. So you get a guy like him to show up, I think the Clippers will represent the West. Some of those role guys for the Clippers don't then it evens out those J.R. Smith editions on, hey. the other, on the other side of the Staples Center, and they can figure it out. But, but I do like the Clippers' dynamic. They're tough. They got, you know, Montrez Harrell, Marcus Morris, Love Kawhi, him. Pat Beverly. Like, they are – Landry Shamit's a great, great role guy to have as a shooter off the bench. Um, and he even starts sometimes. I mean, they are, in my opinion, now deeper than the Lakers. I think they have a better dynamic going. So, I'll pick them. And I, I would love to pick the Celtics. I don't see it happening. That's I re- I don't see anyone beating the Bucks. I think Giannis is such a machine. I could see the Celtics, a team like the Celtics, a team like the Raptors, being able to steal a couple of games, even a team like the Heat, who's tough and they can bully him. If Chris Middleton shoots the way he normally does against a team like the Celtics or anyone in the Eastern Conference, really, they're going to be really hard to beat. Uh, and, I, and I think the Bucks will ultimately play the Clippers – and that's a series the Bucks could win. It just depends on what kind of level Giannis is on. Yeah. All of this is kind of up in the air for me, though, because you don't know. Guys haven't played in three months. You don't know how guys are going to show up performance-wise. You also don't know how guys are going to show up from an injury standpoint. If you haven't run, they haven't had full team practices until a couple of days ago. So that just started. And that, you know, you watch in training camp and preseason, guys get hurt all the time. That time frame is now the beginning of the playoffs. So yeah, it's, it, it is kind of wild to think about that that's, that's going to be an issue for a lot of teams. And so that could definitely throw a wrench into these things. But I'll go Bucks clippers for my finals. I like it. I mean, I think the Clippers have the most talent from, like, top to bottom, in my opinion. Like, it's kind of unfair how much talent they have. Like, I yeah. love Harold. I love that you brought him up. Pat Bev is my guy. Yeah. Like, I, I love all the gritty guys. Yeah. Those two I mean, are- they're, they're good. You go deep down that roster, you're, you're digging – way down there you got reggie jackson you got patrick patterson like they're extremely extremely deep if they do need to go down that hole with injuries they would probably last better than other teams i feel like people forget they have morris too yeah marcus morris i mean they're good they're good yeah. he's yeah. the next best player this year i i i'm a huge mook supporter he was one of the only bright lights on that on that last Kyrie irving celtics team because true. just kind of called it like it was he's like this locker room sucks. We don't really, we don't really like each other. Let's just, let's just get this over with because we're not having any fun. So I respect Mook for always keeping it real. And and you think, do you think the Bucks could beat the Clippers? Like I if, do. Yeah, I do. I, the Bucks defensively people, for, people see Giannis and they think about his dunks and they think about how he can basically get to the rim with one step from the three point line. He's so good defensively, like what he causes for other teams, his, wingspan alone put him in the middle of the paint he's such a disruptor even away from the ball it's incredible so from a defensive standpoint they are so so good and I think that could really really mess with the Clippers I mean 
Kawhi and Paul George are, are two crazy wings to rely on. I mean, they're yeah. so, so good. So if you're talking good defenses, that's, that's the other best one in the league with those two guys. So Pat Bev too. Pat Bev too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable. So I do think they'd have a chance. I think it'd be a great series. Um, I think the Clippers would probably win. That would be my yeah. pick. Um, but again, who really knows with injuries and stuff? I'm not really yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, and then there's the LeBron factor, which is always a factor. Well, yeah, I mean, he you get him some fresh legs where now he doesn't really have to manage his minutes in his own mind. Because yeah. if you watch, uh, you know, a Lakers-Suns game on a Tuesday night in January and LeBron is playing, yeah. you'll see him, you know, he takes possessions off. And that's – it is a smart way to manage your body. Where yeah. You're not sitting games out, but you are managing. It's kind of the Vince Carter effect, and but LeBron is still managing to win (laughs) fifty plus games a year. So it's impressive um, that he's able to do that and and stick around. So having three months off for him that could be huge because he could be fired up and ready to go full throttle, which would be a nightmare. Then it'd be the Lakers, no question, playing the Bucks in my opinion. So I mean, every time like someone questioned if the season was going to happen, I was like, "What is LeBron saying?" Yeah. He's playing? He's, All right, yeah, it's happening. It's happening then, yeah. It was like yeah. him and Kawhi were like the two guys that were like, we're playing. So I was like, oh, it's and happening. That's that's a very good way to look at it because was, chances are if if you're trying to uh, take a temperature check on the NBA, just see what LeBron's saying on it, and that'll give you your answer. Yeah. 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 So I, I love that you were able to come on and talk basketball because I feel like not everyone loves basketball in Boston. Yeah. That's just a complete fact. Totally. Like, out of the four sports, that might be last. Yeah. It, it's, uh, even though there's diehard Celtics fans. No, like, totally. That's think, just how crazy of a town it is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of other towns, like, what else are people going to do in Milwaukee? Like, there's not yeah. a lot of other teams. In Boston, there's people who grew up in a Bruins household. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're going to grow up and you're going to stay true to that. Like, there are people who the Bruins are their team and – yeah, they'll root for the Celtics and the Red Sox and the Pats, but they're a Bruins. Yeah. They're a Bruins fan. And that there's goes other with people the Red Sox who, too. Yeah. There are Red Sox fans who are, yeah, I'll root for the Pats. I'll follow the Celtics. I'll follow the Bruins, but I'm a Sox fan. And it goes yeah. the same way across all sports. But I think you're right. I think the, you know, the Patriots kind of run the town. Yeah. And then well, I, we'll see now. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see now. That's true. Fingers crossed. I don't know. But, um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's an interesting dynamic that you don't get in a lot of other sports yeah. cities. Yeah. So this, my whole podcast, my whole point is to like talk about everything like it's sports, pop culture, life, yada, yada, yada. That's, that's the tagline. So I have to ask you one pop culture question. I've asked this to every single guest I've had on. All right. So if you can recommend one movie or TV show, it can be the worst thing you've ever seen. Like that's, that's what we're talking about. What would it be? It can be literally anything. You can do both. You could just do one. Like this. I'm trying to think of my quarantine watches. I would, if I could recommend, hmm, let's see. It's a tough question. It is a tough question. I think I, (laughs) I think I would, well, that's, that's why it's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I think TV show I've got, one series and one not so serious. Uh, okay. Succession, I really love yes! on HBO. Succession was great. It's a bit of a dark it show is. a little bit. I, yeah. I tried to watch it like a year ago. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode and a half. I didn't like it. And then uh, we had nothing to do for yeah. three and a half months. So 
I had a couple of friends who really loved it. The second season was just finishing. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to start this again. And I was obsessed with it. It was yeah, an unbelievable <laughs> show. Just an unbelievable show. Great choice. That, that is the show I would definitely recommend. Another hilarious show if you have Hulu is I watched with my girlfriend a lot of Love Island UK, which is basically like the United Kingdom's version of The Bachelor. Oh, Hys- no. <laughs> hysterical show. Just like the ultimate time killer and absolutely hysterical. I, you know, and you're, you're very similar to me. We live in this like American sports globe yeah. where we just kind of like are in our own bubble. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most popular shows in the entire world. If you, you're watching the show and I'm pulling these people up on Instagram, they all have like 5 million Instagram followers. <laughs> it's outrageous. So if you're looking for something to kind of like pass the time and really enjoy, it's extremely entertaining. And I would highly recommend that as a, as a hilarious show. I bet you didn't see that one coming. No, I didn't. Yeah. I did not think that was going to come out of your mouth. That's, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. That, so terrible. yeah, I've had, I've had a lot of crazy uh, show. What were some of the other recommendations? Um, I think Lauren said the challenge on MTV. Okay. Yeah. I've heard a lot about that show. Um, one of my friends said Space Jam. They just, because uh, that's their favorite movie of all I, time. I watched Space Jam uh, for the first time in a while during quarantine. My roommate and I Me too. watched it. Oh, it was a good time. Great it's, movie. Yeah. And then uh, last week, Gabby said Survivor. Survivor. I, Throwback. I, I used to, yeah, I was going to say, I used to watch Survivor in high school and yeah. I haven't watched it in a very long time, but I had a math teacher in high school who tried to become a contestant every single season. And it that's was like, impressive. and she never got it. Yeah, so uh, that's, what I, that's what I always tie Survivor <laughs> to is my, is my senior year math teacher. And my whole thing is depending on what you pick to give, I also have to give one. I've yeah, been so pretty good have? at this. So this, this week I'm going to say the boys on Amazon prime. Okay. What's that about? Um, so it's about if superheroes were terrible people. Yeah. Oh, I know that show. One of my yeah. one of my buddies watches that show. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like I like I I like this. I like Marvel. I like all that stuff. But like yeah, I wasn't sure I was gonna like it. And then I to put it on. I I recommend it ten out of ten. Season yeah. one's on there. Season two comes out in September. That's good that timing too. That's good yeah. timing. Yeah, that's perfect. See, it's I'm a only, big fan of Marvel movies and that sort yeah. of. Thing. I love superhero movies and all that I th- stuff. I so think I, you'd like it then. Yeah, it's so only eight episodes too. All right, I'm in. I Easy watch. watch. That. Yeah, right. that's good that's, to know. That's my choice. Well, Chris noted. Thank you for coming on, talking God. about basketball. Of course. I know. Of course. That's, I will love to have you back maybe when the season's over. Yeah, you definitely. Off definitely. time. Yes, but sounds good. Thanks sh- for having me on, man. I appreciate it. It should be a good road from here. It should sports be. Are, sports are coming back. We're going to go from having no sports to just an avalanche of sports for like 12 hours every day. We're all going to be in our element, people like us. So yeah. that's, that's oh, important. I just wanted to add one thing. I saw the yeah. tweet like right when the everything got canceled. I think you yeah. were like, ah. Oh, you bought like NHL 20 or something. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh man, I understand that terrible. Like feeling I had, that, that like, was, yeah, that was another, that was another thing that I, <laughs> I should have added in my quarantine experience. I used to play so many video games in high school from college. I would play sporadically in college, but yeah. I hadn't played video games like realistically in like seven or eight years. <sighs> I have been playing a lot of video games <laughs> over the last three or four months. Like, <laughs> deep into these like nhl franchise modes and stuff like it's yeah really great great sports game right there great sports game i've i've was deep into a madden like be a pro whatever that mode is called like the qb1 thing i don't even know what it's called i've 
you name a sports game mode, I've probably been in it in an unhealthy manner in the last couple months. I definitely wanted to just touch on that real quick. I remember seeing you be like, I had to do it. I didn't want to do it. (laughs) I fought it for a long time and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have nothing to do for the next couple of months. I need, I need to do this for my own well-being. And it worked. It's a great way to kill time. Great way to kill time. Gave me something to look forward to every morning. I woke up. (laughs) <laughs> Got to go to the office, sit down, yeah. throw, on the, throw on the suit and tie and get my team to the Stanley Cup. That's the now, way. Now you just get to watch basketball. Now I get to watch basketball. That's right. That's yeah. right. And and hockey starts at 12. Every and day. hockey and baseball. We're going to have it all. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll well, be great. I'll have like seven screens going at once I can't now. wait. I love it. I It'll love be it. excellent. It's going to well, be awesome. Chris, thank you for coming on. I won't take any more of your time. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. And uh, I hope to have you back some other time. For so sure. Keep up the good work, man. Thank you. I want to thank Chris again for that fantastic interview and giving me his time as he prepares for his, you know, busy schedule ahead of the Celtics returning and the rest of the NBA. I know I know he's gearing up for that. He's excited for that, as we all are, because sports are finally going to be back, and selfishly, that's all we want. Um, I really did enjoy getting to talk to Chris Moore as he really helped me in my time at Nesson. He may help me become a better writer and there's a reason he's at where he is. So once again, thank you, Chris. So I don't have much to talk about this week. There wasn't too much news. We're just inching closer and closer to sports. Like, uh, you know, almost, almost a week away is the return of major league baseball, which is like, exhilarating like I can't wait and right after that will be the return of the NHL and NBA so lots of sports coming fast considering we just went months without them I don't know if I'll want to do anything else besides watch them so definitely expect next week for me to uh, talk MLB predictions ahead of the season and then the week after that a lot of NHL and NBA talk as well Um, I'm looking forward to it and other than that, make sure to tune back. I'm not sure if we're going to have an interview yet, but hey, no matter what, you will get to listen to my beautiful voice next week. So enjoy that. Otherwise, this is Scott. I hope you enjoyed Scott's Thoughts, Episode 5, and I will see you next week. Bye, guys. Now, basketball, number one, Curtis Blow. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way to dribble up and down the court. Just like I'm the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the home. My favorite play is the alley. Ooh, I like the pick and roll. I like the give and go. Cause it's basketball of Mr. Kirch's flow. Isaiah and Iceman 2, just give him the ball.
Simpsons are on the scene and Ralph Simpson is really mean. Bill Russell didn't take no jump and Dal Dawkins got a monster dump. Bye. 